power of God to the people, the gospel will never have much effect upon the people. A Mohammedan can have just as much joy, can shout just as loud as a Christian does, and have just as much confirmation that he's going to heaven as a Christian can. That's right. He believes in God, but he's deeply in error. Now, what he has to see is some manifestation. Dr. Rehab, which received the Holy Spirit in my room, he said that sending to a staunch Mohammedan who had been educated here in America, he said, what can, why don't you uh, renounce your dead prophet and receive a resurrected Lord Jesus? He said, kind sir, what can your Lord Jesus do more for me than my prophet? Well, he said, he is risen from the dead and he gives us hope of eternal life. He said, our Mohammed give us a promise of eternal life too. So we have joy. He said, so do we. So he, he said, if our Mohammed, you've had 2,000 years to prove that your Lord Jesus raised from the dead and said two-thirds of the world knows nothing about it. He said, but let our Mohammed raise from the dead and all the world will know about it. He said, besides, our Muhammad never promised us things like your Lord Jesus. Your Lord Jesus promised that if he raised up the things that he did, you'd do also. Now let me see you scholars produce that, and we'll believe that the Lord Jesus raised from the dead. He said, Brother Branham, I changed the subject. You had to. Oh, it's, we teach it in theology, but brother, Christianity is a practice, it's a life. Let me read some of the words of our Lord at the 16th chapter of St. John, 27th verse, I read, For the Father himself loveth you, because you have loved me, and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father, and am come again into the world. Again I leave the world, and go into the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speaketh no proverb. Now we are sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we know thou comest forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do ye now believe? Because that he knew what was going on, they recognized that his testimony was true, for God confirmed his testimony to be the truth. That's the way we believe these things, is a confirmation of truth. Now you say, what is truth? Christ is truth. And Christ confirmed in the human life makes it truth. Now, I am not calling any down on because of unbelief, because it's a... I pray God forgive me of my unbelief. I'm ashamed of my, of my faith in the presence of my audience, as many personal dealings and face-to-face -face talks, and the experience that God has by His sovereign grace given me, and no more faith than I have, I feel ashamed of myself, and I publicly confess it. I ought to have mountains of faith when I'm ashamed, and therefore I can't rebuke you. But the only thing that I say is God help us to have faith. 
And as we see manifestations of God's presence increases our faith to believe in him. For instance, how could Israel doubt God after they seen the Red Sea open up, after they seen Moses do the signs that he did? How could they doubt God? But they did. They doubted him and murmured in their hearts and wanted to go back. Tomorrow, if the printer has them ready, I'm to bring down that picture, the angel of the Lord in the pillar of fire, scientifically taken. Maybe I'll tell you the story of it tomorrow night. Someone had asked my boy if they could use them on radio programs. Uh, you'd have to get them from the Douglas Studios. They're copyrighted in Washington, D.C. And I have no control of them myself. I just buy them and let the people have them for what I get them for. But we'll have them tomorrow night. Now, I'll try to tell you the story of them if I can. But what brings faith should be initially, first, the Word. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the Word of God. Now, besides the Word, God has said in the church gifts to manifest His presence with His people and His attitude towards His people that they may have faith in Him. Do you believe that? If you do, would you say amen? That is scripturally as well as I know how to place it. Now, some, I have no criticism to offer to anyone or any churches. If they can have whiskey stores on every corner and places of amusements in every city, we should have churches on every corner doing their bits for the glory of God. And we have no time to criticize them, no matter how much we may differ with them, yet we should love them and try our best to bring a unity of brotherhood among man. That has been my alternative. When I stood by the grave of a great man gone on, and his church came up with a great church for a while, and then the first thing you know, it began to cool off, and all things that he once taught looked like cast aside. And the first beginning of the ministry, when Brother Robert, Brother Jaggers, and every one of them come sit right where you're sitting tonight, saw what God was doing, came and talked it over, we prayed together, and they went out and done great work across the nation. To whom I give God thanks and praise for each of these men. They feel I feel like they're my children. Many of them are much older, but yet I feel like they're my children. For by inspiration they saw what God could do and the possibilities, and in there they won souls and souls to God everywhere. And only eternity will reveal the great result. Many people, by hearing the word, believe. Now, the way that I have faith in God is first by his word. And if any vision or any person would speak anything that was contrary to the word, then don't hear it. This is the fundamental foundation of all God has said to his church. And every person's faith must be built sovereignly upon the Bible. That's right. Now, God weeps at our ignorance sometimes of things that we do that's not just exactly right. He gets glory out of it just the same, so just keep still, let God have, go ahead. He'll take care of the rest of it. But in there, now that is the word to the nations, to the peoples, to everybody. That's right. 
But then, if God has set in the church a divine gift, that gift is a direct word to God to the individual, something personal. If I could have a revival here for three or four months, and every night tell experiences all night long of what I've seen taking place, I wouldn't touch the age of it, of how the people who've been through prayer lines and so forth, and then come back, and how God would reveal to them and tell them just exactly the thing they should have done back a long time ago, or something they ought to have done or did not do or something, and in that, found the way to divine healing. Now, if there's something hanging over you, sin, and you don't confess that, you could anoint that person, pray for them, do everything you want to do, it'll, Satan will stay right there as long as you've got unconfessed sin in your life. But sometimes, something that you haven't done, something you neglect to do, and in there God reveals it, if there's anything wrong. Then you make that right, your healing is complete. Quickly for our testimony, as I can hardly see the clock up there to see what time we have. All right. Some time ago, like of a testimony that's written here, you read in the book back there. I just wish to touch the high faces of it just for a moment. For by the word of testimony and the blood of the Lamb we overcome. And a testimony means something to people. And I say to my brothers and sisters and citizens of Kentucky here and the neighboring states, God in heaven who has performed right in our own meeting testimonies that would make boxes of testimonies. And anyone you read in any book or any literature that's been published by us, they are bona fide testimonies backed up by doctors and law or would be, it'd be illegal to publish them. I'm very careful on what I do towards the kingdom of God because I realize that one mistake would bring more reproach and you can wipe out a year. So as Christians, we must be reverent, we must be honest, and everything up and above board so everyone can examine and look in and see that Christ is the uh, is the virgin-born Son of God, and His words are perfectly and absolutely true. I was on my road to see Brother Bosworth in Miami, Florida, for my first time. I was passing down through Kentucky and Tennessee here on a train. I saw a vision of a little boy, and he'd been killed in an accident, seen where he was laying, just like this I have written here. Comes many, many times and tells things. I don't live far from here, 119 miles. You can go to my hometown and find it one time in all the time that it's ever told anything that didn't come to pass just exactly the way it said. And I even been a sign on my back as a false prophet and I walk to your street. Because it's not myself, I'm a man. But he's God. And he's the one who does the same. If I would say it, it could be a lie, because I'm subject to any, any mistakes, lies, anything else like anybody else. But when he says it, it's not me talking, it's him. And when he speaks, I'll stand by his word. And I know that it's true. It's never failed. Watch it on the platform. Many times it'll tell the people just what, what's wrong with them. 
I'll pray for the person. But when you hear speak out of thus saith the Lord, you watch what it says. Just lay your life right there because it'll be just that way. Sometimes I see death at the person's door. In Africa, on one of the programs, there's a lady came, big healthy looking woman, and they told her to prepare for death. She only had a cyst on the ovary. I picked it up on a tape recording. Said, prepare for death for it's near at your door. And in ten minutes from then, the woman was a corpse. If I'd been a healer, I'd have healed her. But I'm not the healer. I can only say what he tells me to say. That's all I know to do. That's all I can do. Why God took her, I don't know. He never told me. He just took her. I see her, her funeral procession being in procession, and I knew then that she was going. Now, many times it turns dark around the patient. I know death laying there. And I just say, the Lord bless you, or I pray that God will heal you and, and send him on off the platform, for I don't know what it will be. Because sometimes God could pronounce death on a person, and then their prayer could change the thing. Do you believe that? It did for Hezekiah, didn't it? When God told the prophet, go tell him he's going to die and knock him off his bed, he turned his face to the wall and wept bitterly, and God spared his life fifteen years. After death had been pronounced by God, prayer is the most powerful weapon that's ever put in the hand of mankind. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. On the road down, I told Brother Bosworth and many of them was in a big tent meeting. A little boy was down there holding a tent meeting and sent for me to come down and help him. He was in an awful strain. I went out to get him two or three days. And while we were there, I made that statement. I said, there's going to be a little boy. He's laying in a country where he's a lot of evergreens and he's lapped over rocks. And the little boy will be about eight years old, very dressed like I dressed when I was a little boy, a little sharp uh, clothes up here. And, a little waist that buttoned around, I said, great big long stockings that come up. And his little foot was run through the stock like that. He's all mashed up by an automobile. He had brown crock cut hair, we call it, and, and big brown eyes. They were set. His little mouth was twisted over. He was about eight years old. They wrote it down. I said, put it on the flyleaf of your Bible. Like I'm telling you, put this on the flyleaf of your Bible. I said, see if that doesn't happen. A few days after that, Brother Bosworth, they take me up there to a little boy who had been drowned in an irrigation ditch, and the little boy's father, there's several thousand people attending the meeting, and they were taking me up there, they wouldn't let the undertaker take the little fella until he was, I looked at him, but he was about five years old, well-dressed, black-headed, he wasn't a child at all. So I offered prayer for consolation for the father and mother that God would help them, the little boy was buried. Two years later, I was in Finland. I just come from, went over, King George had sent me two cablegrams I had him at my home with his seal and so forth, his letters, to pray for him, for this Mr. Lehman had been healed of multiple cirrhosis out of Fort Wayne. While on the testimony, Brother Bosworth, I don't know whether I've ever said this, when the night the picture was taken down there of the angel of the Lord, Brother Bosworth, two days afterwards, brought me a, a picture of Florence Nightingale. Her grandmother founded the Red Cross in England. Many of you have heard of Florence Nightingale, the mother of the Red Cross. She was in Durban, South Africa, which South Africa is British-controlled, 
And the woman weighed approximately 60 pounds with cancer on the duodenal cancer of the stomach. And she sent for me to come pray for her. I had two airplane tickets sent. Well, I couldn't go. Brother Bosworth brought me the picture, the telegram, and I laid it on the floor, and we prayed. And I said, Lord, if you'll heal her, I'll go to Africa. And I just made the prayer and went home forgot about it. When I went into London, the day that we arrived on the International Airport in London, on a road to the Scandinavian countries, and to pray for the king, I heard them page me, and Mr. Baxter, Mr. Lindsay, many of these men that you people know, was with me, and they went in, and it was the Anglican minister that brought Miss Florence Nightingale from South Africa, how she knowed, let's just do the crown, I could know yet. She knew we'd go to land there that day. And she come in about 15 minutes before we did, and I couldn't even get the woman, they couldn't get the woman out of the plane, they thought she was dead then. And I said, well, there's thousands of people between here and the plane, I couldn't get to it. I'm going down to Buckingham Palace and to Westminster Abbey, and then I'll, I'll be at the Piccadilly Hotel, you come get me. We'll go have prayer for her. And when we got up to there, of course, the night passed on, and I didn't get in till late. Next morning we come, and we went to have prayer for Mrs. Nightingale. They said she's just living. Christian friends, if I live to be an old man, I'll never forget the experience that was. In London, is in April, very damp, fog everywhere. We went upstairs to the place where they packed the stretchers, near the parsonage of a big Anglican church. And in the room sat her doctor, two nurses, two or three ministers, when the campaign manager, managers and myself walked in. And I walked over, they had a white sheet laying over. And I said, how did you? And they all got up, and, and I said, is, is this the patient? And uh, I said, how did you? Are you Miss Nightingale? I could see her lips moving. But friends, it looked like a carp laying there, or a skeleton. Her head, the part where your head goes together, there's no flesh on her, just the skin down against the bone. I said, how do you do? I reached out my hand to shake hands with her. The nurse said, Brother Branham, she couldn't raise her hand. Well, she was crying. And she, the nurse got down to hear what she was saying, and she told me, she said, she wants you to ask God to let her die. She couldn't die. And said, Reverend Branham, she's prayed and said if ever she could get to where you was, that God would heal her. Now that's faith. How could I ask God to let the woman die? I hear her testimony in the book. I, I couldn't do that. So she wanted me to see her body, the nurse said. And when they pulled the sheet down off of her body, Friends, we are mixed audience. You listen to your doctor. I'm your brother. It was a disgrace to look to see how a woman could be in that the bosom here that sunk through her ribs, and the stomach wasn't just about that flat, and the rings was almost meeting in the ring of her hip here, the flesh, and her limbs up here wasn't about that big around. Now, Miss Georgie Carter, which will be here tomorrow or next day, one from over here at Milltown, laid nine years and six months in the bed of a TB, which was healed vision. I didn't even know where the place was, and the Lord sent me down there, and she was healed. She was a little bitty woman. She weighed only about 35 pounds. But this woman was a woman almost six foot tall, and there she lay, couldn't move her hands or nothing. They picked up her hands because she wanted to shake my hand, 
When I thought of over her hand, it's just like that. Hard. I thought, oh God, a mortal being laying in that shape. So I said, can we pray? And all the ministers gathered. I looked at the doctor and I said, but not a thing, Brother Ramsey, me down. It's uh, the malignancy's gone plumb all over. That she hasn't eaten for, I forget how many months, and they give her glucose in her veins so they collapsed and they couldn't even give her veins. Said, oh, we don't know why, how she's living, and how she breathes. And I knelt down, great God of heaven, who stands, we stand in his presence tonight, his word laying before me. There's a window about that high, it was up kind of warm in the room, and I knelt to pray, and I started the prayer of Almighty God, Creator of heavens and earth and author of everlasting life. I said, send thy blessings into this room for this poor mortal. And when I started to pray, a little dove come flying through the bushes and lit on the windowsill about that far from where I was praying. Well, I, not used to England, I'd only been there about 12 hours or a little more. I thought the little dove was just a pet, you know, that was around the house. And I just continued to pray. And when I got finished praying and asked God to help her, I couldn't ask to let her die. And if he would be merciful to her. And when I, all the time I was praying this little dove very restfully, of unrest, walking up and down, going coo, 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 coo. Well, you know how a little dove kind of mournfully goes, walking back and forth on the window about as wide as this little table. About ten people were present to watch it. And I noticed all the ministers stopped praying, everyone. When I said amen, the little fellow took his flight back out through the bushes. Well, I raised up, and of course, was weeping a little, all of us. And the ministers began to say, did you notice that dove? And I started to ask if it was just a pet dove. And I had no more that I could say and know no more what I was going to say, but all of a sudden, something burst through and said, Thus saith the Lord, she'll live and not die. She weighs 155 pounds now, in perfect health. That opened the way to Africa and started the revival. In Finland, was coming down off the mountain that day. I'd been fasting for several days. Just a few weeks ago, I saw a letter from that woman. She's well and helping, working hard for other people. Miss Florence Nightingale. Less than six months, she was well, gained her weight. I've got her picture. It's in the book. Oh, we haven't got any of those books. I'm sorry. It's called The Prophet Visits Africa. They're out of print now. We sold several thousand of them, and we just got our finance to go overseas, and we haven't got the finance to put some more books out. That's the reason we haven't got them. But we got the other book back here of the story of this little boy. And now, friends, these are not mythical stories. Her addresses, everything, and who you can contact, and royalty, and, and everything, doctors, and so forth, to see if it's truth. If you would doubt it, you're welcome to write to the people. Coming down off the mountain, I said to Brother Lindsay and to Brother Moore and many of them, I said, seems to me something's fixing to happen. I said, what is it, Brother Graham? I said, I don't know. And in a meeting that way, that's the reason I don't want to be in isolation, you stay away from the people. But when that anointing once strikes, it isn't, a, it isn't a, it just looks like it's near all the time. There's something, it's another world, like two worlds. You break over to this world and this world, and you, you stay in it too long, you hardly know just, now when leaving the platform, when it comes on, I feel like, oh, I was up in the heavens. Or when it's off of me, I feel good. 
But in between those times, it seems like you're just stepping off the world. You, you can't walk, and you, you hear people. I don't know how you do feel. I no need to be trying to explain it. You can't explain God. You've got to believe God. It's not, you can't explain it. It's by faith. So coming down the highway in Finland, a used Ford car about five years old would probably cost $2,000 or more. Gasoline's over a dollar a gallon. So you can imagine, very few cars. We had 25,000 to meth the hall, and I think there were three cars sitting outside. They walk or ride bicycles, or best way they can get there. And so when it was coming down out of Colfield, we went up over the Iron Curtain, and coming down to Colfield, just before we entered the city where we was to have the meeting, well, we'd been one night already in there, or two nights, and they just take me up to this tower where the Germans and Russians come over and bomb Finland out. Well, coming down the road, I noticed a great crowd of people. And an American-made 35-model Ford had two little boys coming home from school. The people living in the city had their farms out and they come back in the city. Had struck two little boys, hit one other in the chin. They started one one way and one the other. And they grabbed each other's hands and the car uh, driver lost control. And hit one and threw him against a tree and broke his little neck in there. And the other one had run over him, mashed him under the wheels and kicked him way up in the air and threw his coat off of him. And he fell on the grass plant. The doctor had been there and pronounced him dead. The other little boy they thought was still alive and the, another car picked him up and tucked him on to the, the hospital, such as it was. And we come up. Well, Sister Isaacson, Brother Lindsay, Brother Jack Moore, many of you know those men, and uh, editor of the Voice of Healing and all them was right along to watch it. And they went over and looked at the little boy. I sat in the car. Because I've got a little boy here myself, Billy Paul, was over home. It had been months since I'd seen him. And I didn't want to look at a little dead boy at that time. So they said, Brother Lindsay, come back weeping like a baby. said, Brother Brandon, you ought to see it. I said, I don't want to see it. So finally, something told me, go look at the boy. And I went over to take a look at the little fella. And I looked at him and I thought, oh, mercy. I turned my head and started walking away. They had the coat over the baby. They couldn't move it. The law in Finland, the parents had to come there first and give orders to move the baby. And they went to the country, and I was thinking, how are that father and mother going to feel now when they come in and that little boy laying there dead? How they come from their field from working. And everybody works in Finland. The women wear great big, thick dresses, big boots and everything. They don't have nice, dainty clothes that we Americans have. And they all happen to be this suit come from Finland. You see how thick and heavy it is that summer, winter, and all. And so when we come down, I started to walk back, and as I walked away from the little boy, I felt somebody put their hand on my shoulder. I looked around, I thought it was Brother Moore or some of them, and there was nobody around me. And the hand was still leaning on my shoulder. Well, I wondered how that was. Well, I happened to think it might. I walked back towards the little boy, and when I started back towards the little boy, I was going away from him. When I started back, the hand got, went off of my shoulder. And I said, can I look at that little boy again? And Mr. Isaacson asked the man who was given the guardian officer, and he pulled the coat back. And I looked at that little boy, and I seen that little foot run through the sock, those little waist, panty waist we call them, you know, and here, I seen the little brown hair, crop cut like. And I looked up, and here come a ridge running down like that of black rock, 
with evergreen trees growing around. I said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> oh, you'll never know how you feel. There it was. I said, Brother Moore, come here, Brother Lindsay. So what's the matter? I said, turn to the fly leaf in your Bible and look at that little boy. They just like this is written right here. I had it written in, oh, I guess, thousands of Bibles. I've crossed the United States and Canada, having people to write it down like I'm having to write this down and see if it can, watch it to come to pass. I said, Brother Moore said, let's see. A left land where the rocks are laying, evergreen trees, little stocks. Well, I said, Brother Graham, that's the boy. I said, that's him. There he lays. Oh, my, when God has spoken, all devils in hell can't stop it. God's done said so. I turned around, I said, now, let everyone know. Now, that this picture little boy then to put him in his car. I said, let everyone know that keep quiet, and the main man of the city, which was the chief man, which is equivalent to the mayor here of the city, I said, have everyone be reverent, and just wait a minute. And I knelt down and prayed and asked God to confirm his word which he had spoken. And God, who is my judge, in five minutes then the little boy jumped up and was running, screaming top of his voice. A lie. The other little lad. I just haven't the time to catch that. I will tomorrow night. On what happens to the other little lad, I remember one thing I will have time. The second night from then. I seen something sweet happen. I was going into the place and coming down the road for six city blocks. There was about thirty abreast people standing. In Russia, you can't leave your home place where you were born without over forty miles without having a visa. Now, when they tell you there's no churches in Russia, that's wrong. They got churches, they got a, the communist boycott them and everything, but they still got Christians. What if you killed all the Christians out of America, you'd have no America, same way in Russia. But across the line, as that had been noise abroad through there, and I've got the seal of the, of the governor there and everything right on the paper, stand there, watch it when it happened. And that swept out over the radio, and across from Russia come those big Russian soldiers and friends. When they cross the line and those Finnish ministers stand there, they throw their arms around their neck and cry like babies. Anything that'll make a Finn put his arm around a Russian and a Russian around a Finn, that'll ever war. Jesus Christ is the answer. Yes, sir. They had nothing against one another. They wept and cried, oh, you melon raha, that God's peace rests upon you. Russians and Finns with their arms around one another. It'll make Americans and Russians and all the world put their arms around one another. It'll make overhauls and a tuxedo suit call one another brother. It'll make silk and calico set together and say, Sister, it'll do it. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin, straightens all wrongs, takes all prejudice out, makes new creatures, heals the sick. Amen. Going down that night, those Russians and Finns stand there at attention, the tears running down their cheeks when he passed. Not because it was me, no sir. They'd seen God moving. And when I got into the room, this four little Finnish soldiers, all of them, they killed little boys and never shaved. Little bitty fellows, great long coats on, walking down with their big swords out like that to keep the people from touching on either side, coming right down the middle of the street. 
We got it all in pictures and colors. When I walked into the mess hall and started down to the right, just walking along like that, closed the door, and they were singing already, Only Believe. Brother Baxter and them had been speaking. 25,000 people had gathered inside, and he was, they were singing Only Believe and finished for me. And when I did, the girls' dormitory door opened, the ladies, and out stepped a little Finnish girl. And that poor little thing, I never felt so sorry for her. I love little kids. I just love them. I just, I got two of my own. That's the reason I'm going after them tonight. And I, I just love them. I used to see them all get in and give me some of that old Finnish money, you know, and I'd get out there and buy their candy, and I have a string of kids that block long following me like that. Buying all the candy I could find everywhere because their money wasn't worth nothing here, you know, and they give me some of that money, kroners and oors and so forth, and I just buy those kids some little old ragged, hungry-looking fellows. And stepping out of there come a little a little girl about 12 years old, and she had two crutches on her arm. She had a big thing around her like this as a brace, and one limb was limp and shorter than the other. She had no control of this leg. And set in braces and around her hips and a big shoe on with a uh, snap in the toe. A strap went back and went over her shoulder and hooked into this brace back here. And when she'd start to walk, she'd set the crutches out. And she'd throw her little shoulder like that and a step and pull that leg up and let it set out. And that brace, you see, the leg had no control, but the brace would hold her so she could walk. I looked at her standing there, little ragged looking hair, a little kind of a half brown and blonde hair. Ragged cut, looked like it had been chopped off with scissors. I looked her down, one little dress on, perhaps nothing under it. Her little skirt down here was just as ragged as it could be. Later I learned she was a little Finnish war orphan. Her mother and daddy had been killed during the time of the war. And she looked at me and they'd give orders not to say nothing to you on the street. And she thought she'd done something wrong, that child. And she dropped her little head and stood there on her little crutches. I seen her little blue eyes look up towards me again. I stopped in the soldier's motion. I couldn't speak a word to them. They all spoke pity. I told them just a minute. The other two soldiers walked on and turned and looked back. She was mad and I motioned to them. I looked at the child again. She looked at me. I, I just, something told me that baby wanted to come over there. I looked at the little thing. And I motioned to her, come here. And she took her little crutches under her arm, and she started, pulled her little shoulder, and she come out, I just stood still. And she come right out to where I was like that. I watched to see what the child was going to do. And she stood there with her little head down a few minutes. I watched dropping on the floor, a little tear, dropping out of them little eyes, dropping down like that. I thought, poor little thing. And she reached over and took a hold of my coat, pulled it up in her little hands and rubbed it, and her little hands was dirty. And she kissed my coat. She dropped the coat down, pulled out her little ragged skirt, and said, Keep it. That means thank you. Little skirt looked very polite. She said, Keep looked up in them little baby blue eyes and the tears running out. Oh, my, something swelling in my heart. I thought, God bless you, honey. I turned to that soldier trying to motion me on, tried to motion her back. Now look, I seen going walking right down through the room, her walking without crutches. I know there's a hat and I know God would honor that kind of faith. If I'd been the lowest hypocrite in the world, God would honor that faith in that child. 
I seen that child going walking. I said, honey, you're, you're healed. Uh, uh, Jesus has made... Of course, she couldn't hear what I was saying. She was crying, you know, and saying, Jesus, Jesus, she thought she'd done wrong, you know. And they kept pushing me on. And so Brother Baxter comes to the door and wanted to come out to find where I was at. And I went on in. We prayed for several sticks, and you'll notice that they had crutches and things piled up, and they put them in big carts to haul away. And I just fixed to leave the village. My brother and a bunch of them had come and got me to take me off the platform. Now, just fixing to leave, when I thought, I'm going to try a few more. I said, I'm going to call some more of those cards. I said, and the Holy Spirit would move out over the audience that have to give an interpreter and tell the people out there who didn't know their language, tell them where they was at and what they were doing and what they were suffering with. The interpreter had to say it, and my, that, that didn't settle it all. They just throw down their crutches and canes and start running. And I said, call a few more of the cards. And when they did, by God's providence, the next one was that little girl. She had the next card number. And here she comes. She's just smiling. Oh, one of those two out in front. And she was smiling. Oh, trying to get to me. I said, the interpreter, I said, just say what I say. She said, all right, Brother Branham. I said, you're going to see something already took place. I said, sweetheart, you're the little girl that met me out there a while ago. And she nodded her little head as the interpreter spoke. And I said, your respect to Jesus Christ, you approached in the right manner. That's a lot of times the way we Americans don't get anything. We don't come to God reverent enough. Don't you think so? We just know more about it than so. God lives in humility and simplicity. So I said, God rewarded you, honey. He healed you out there, and I want you to go over here and sit down and get some of the man to unbuckle these braces and things from around you, and let your little hand sit on your hips, and just as you're to bring the brace off, let your little hand slide down your leg just as far as your leg is sharp. And I said, now, you do that over here, then show me, and then I call the next one, and the Holy Spirit was showing you the vision, and while the vision was going on, I heard a scream. Here she come across the floor with the crutches in her hands and the braces over her head, screaming to the top of her voice. Right up some steps she went, right down and across, up the other way. Little bare feet just running as hard as she could go. And she's perfectly normal and well because her respect and, and love to Jesus Christ brought his blessings down upon her. My dear Christian friends tonight, Jesus Christ is the same in Owensboro, Kentucky, as he was in Colfield, Finland. Won't you approach him tonight, the Son of God, the sovereign love, and say, Lord Jesus, I believe you, and I'm in need, and I'm accepting you now as my healer. God will grant it to you. Won't you do it while we have a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we come to thee in the name of thy holy Son, Jesus, for we know that we have no name or nothing we could approach you in. But he has told us that whatever we ask you in his name, that you would do it. And in my heart tonight, thinking back across about four years ago when this incident happened there in Finland, Maybe way across those icy lands tonight, that little Finnish girl maybe sitting by a fire, looking at that leg that was once limp. 
but the Holy Spirit energized it with God's power. Now she's normal. Poor little thing. Mother and father resting under the ice somewhere. Their bodies, I trust their souls are with thee. Now tell us for the, your glory, as the woman who busted the alabaster box and said, wherever the gospel speaks, this be told for a memorial. Many poor little Kentucky children are sitting here tonight, little old mothers and dads, brothers and sisters who's needy. Maybe we haven't walked just the way we should, Father, but we're asking you now to forgive us. Take away the evil from our lives. We want to come to your house someday and be welcome at the door. If there's anything wrong with us, Father, forgive us, will you? Grant tonight that many will be healed, saved. May the unbeliever just now say within his or her heart, I now accept Jesus as my Savior. From this night on, I'm going to serve him with all my heart. May the sick man or woman say, I'm accepting him as my healer. May they be healed the rest of their life. And now, Lord, you who sent an angel at the birth of your unprofitable servant, has guided me through life and brought me thus far, I pray that you'll send him tonight in a special way here at the platform, and may he do the work that you've ordained him to do, Lord, and may your servant be submissive to his voice and to his will. Show great powerful visions and get glory, Father, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Billy, how many cards you give out? Hundred? What cards? It's just impossible for us to get everyone here at the platform, friend. You don't know how I would like to take every sick person here tonight. Just sit down and talk an hour with you, pray with you. I can't do that. I just can't do it. Time won't permit it. But I just have to, we give out everybody a prayer card that wants it. Then we just call some of them up here and play with them. Just the Holy Spirit gets moving, then it goes right on out to the audience. So it's a blessing to people out there and healing them. I want you to believe. Now let's begin tonight in our prayer cards and call up a few, 10, 15, 20, something. Maybe we get to five or six of them, maybe to all of them. But what I do that for is so I can single out. Do you realize that every person in here is a spirit? And that spirit moves. And then that conglomeration until it just takes me to a place to where I, I can get started to see in the vision. I, I have to have someone here on the platform to talk to. I don't know why, but... That's just the way he does it. Jesus, you say, but then that's psychology. Well, Jesus took a man and led him outside the city. <laughs> Is that right? 
And Peter, James, and John stayed with him when the girl was dead, Jairus' daughter, and they were all in doubt. And they said, oh, he, he said she's asleep. They said, why, we know she's dead. And they laughed at him, and he put everybody out. Is that right? When Peter went to raise Darkus, all the widows was weeping and everything, and he put them everyone out of the house. You got to get alone. Let's see, the night before last, this is the third night, I guess we started at one, and then last night's the last. Let's start in the middle tonight, about 50. Prayer cards are 50. You look at it, it's got your name and address on one side. On the other side, it's got a letter and a number. R50. Who has prayer card R50? Raise your hand. R51. 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, 60. Get them line up over here, will you, on the right? Check this man here. Now look around and see somebody. 60? How many is that? That's 50 to 60. That's 10. We've been having 15. Let's try 15 again tonight. Up to 65. R60 to 65. Now we see where we're standing. Now, if anybody's unable to get up, let, let, let them tell somebody that they can help them and pack them up. Or someone's deaf and can't hear, let the, the people look at their neighbors as soon as we find out whether they, they're all here. I'm going to ask you as, as my friend and a friend to the Lord Jesus, that you'll try to be just as reverent as you can for the next few minutes. Now, there's no one in the world pleasing in a heartfelt salvation like more than I do. I believe in rejoicing and being happy and shouting and praising God. I believe in all that. But when we come to him, let's come reverently and then when and be reverent. And when then when God heals you, then just take your liberty and thank him or do whatever you want to. As long as it's in order, why, it'll be all right. And we just expect a good time for the glory of God. Now, while they're lining up, let me ask you something just a little bit. What if Jesus was standing here tonight, standing on the platform? Well, you say, Brother Branham, he'd come down and heal this one and heal that one. Would he? He can't do what he has already done. He would only say to you, why, I healed you when I died with stripes in your, on my back for your healing at Calvary. You believe us, thou this? You'd say, yes, Lord, I believe it. He'd say, then according to your faith, be it unto you. Now, how many knows this? That Jesus never did heal anybody himself. Did you know that? Let me tell you. He said, it's not me that doeth the work. It's my Father that dwells in me. He doeth the work. Is that right? Not me. And watch from the Jews question. When he went through all that big pool of people there that was lame, blind, halt, and withered, and all kind of conditions. And he, he said to the person, went to a man laying on a pallet. Just look, St. John 5, how this withered 
Wouldn't the critics today say, why didn't he heal all of those? That's what they said. If he's a divine healer, let him heal this. If there is such a thing as divine healing, let him heal that one. That's what they said to him. He passed right through all those cripples and things. Emmanuel, anointed, the very God of heaven, represented here in flesh. You believe in the deity of Christ, all of you, don't you? He was God. He wasn't a man. The people today try to lower him down to be a prophet. He was, he was either God or the biggest deceiver the world ever had. A prophet's blood wouldn't do you no good. A prophet's a man. But Jesus was God. The Bible said that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Is that right? Watch Jesus here when they questioned him about all these things and the man packing his bed and so forth that had been healed. He said, now listen, St. John 5, 19. Verily, verily, that's absolutely, absolutely, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself but what he sees the Father doing. That doeth the Son likewise. For the Father showeth the Son all things that himself doeth. The Father worketh, and I worketh hitherto. Is that right? St. John 5, 19 and 20. Now, Jesus is truthful. In other words, he said he could do nothing at all until the Father showed him by vision first what to do. All of these, that scripture, raise up your hand. St. John 5, 19. That's exactly right. Then Jesus did not do one thing until the Father showed him first in a vision what to do. He showed him where Philip had been under a tree, praying before Nathaniel found him. Is that right? You remember that? He showed the woman at the well where she had five husbands. Is that right? But the woman who touched the hem of his garment, he didn't heal her. He said, Thy faith has made thee whole. Look one time, two blind men followed him. They were blind, said, Have mercy on us, thou son of David. Have mercy. He went on into the room, never paid any attention to him. He hadn't had no vision about him. So he went into the room. And while in the room they brought the blind man, he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. Is that right? Now, tonight, if you have faith in Christ, according to your faith, just touch his garment. Watch what happens. Your eyes come open. If you believe it, have faith in God. Now, the thing, what did he say? A little while, and the world seeth me no more. Cosmos, world order, people. The world seeth me no more. Yet ye shall see me, the church, for I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. Is that right? Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. Then if he's risen from the dead, living among man, in his church, he'll do the same things that he did back there, he'll do it here tonight. If that's so, and he produces that tonight, then you have no right to doubt anymore and believe him. Is that right? Now, if he was standing here, he could tell you what was wrong with you, tell you what you've done to cause it, or whatever the Father would show him, he'd tell you. Otherwise, he could do nothing. And if he can do the same thing in his church tonight, with all of them there, everybody lined up, all right, bring them. Now, as the people come, I want reverence. 
Now, real slowly, let's hum this song once more. Just a little verse of it now, if you will. Everybody now. thy presence now send the angel of God. Remember Daniel praying it was several days before the angel that directed him could get to him. Now remember Paul praying out in the ship that night when all hope of ever being saved was gone. And he come forth and said, Wherefore, sirs, be of a good cheer. The angel of God, whose servant I am, stood by me and told me not to fear. He said, Wherefore, sirs, I believe God, it will be just as it was showed to me. And now, Lord, help me for these poor sick people that's sitting in this auditorium tonight, that they may be healed. Send his great presence and anoint your servant for the glory of God, that the people might know that thou art God, and I am your servant. I ask that in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Everybody just reverent as you can be. How do you do, sir? You've arrived, after all. You believe that he's here to make you well? No, there's not a way in the world for me knowing thing of you. You are a man. I'm a man. We just come together. But you're seriously and dangerously in need. You have your troubles in the rectum. You have a growth there. It's going to operate malignant. come from Oklahoma. There's only one hope for you, God to be merciful. You believe that God will help you? Come here. Our Heavenly Father, we ask for divine mercy that thou will bless this man and will help him. He longs to live, Lord. He travels far. The doctors, your servants, are doing all that they know how to do to help him. Now pray for mercy. And now, Father, this demon called cancer has taken his life. 
I ask you for your glory to rebuke this horrible thing, and may it leave his body. And thou demon called cancer, I adjure thee by the Son of God, who I represent here as this pulpit tonight, that you come out of the man and leave him. All right, brother. You believe now that God will let you get well. All right, I want you to give us a testimony or write to us and let us know. God bless you. Let's hear from you now before you leave. Now a girl just before the sun. Do you know what a cancer is? In Bible terms, it's a devil. There was one time where you wasn't nothing. But did you know you originated from one germ and begin to multiply cells? And your life behind that one cell was life. And a cancer is a life. And it come on you another life that doesn't belong in its multiplying cells, too. And now it's a devil. The Bible declares it to be so. And divine healing, only thing it does is take, makes the life of the thing leave and the growth goes away. How do you do it? Do you believe with all your heart? I suppose we're strangers. Perhaps we've never met in life. All my life, I've never seen you. I suppose we're strangers. Do you believe that God, in his love and mercy, has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to make you well? And I only represent him by this word. Do you believe that? And you are a Christian, and you're believing tonight that God will help you if this church with myself will pray for you. you believe that? Now, the only thing that I could do as a servant would might be able to know something in your life if he would reveal it to you. That would help you to have faith. That's what you like, because Christ, when he died at Calvary, he paid for your sickness. Is that right? You can't notice it in your face, but you have a cataract. Set it in your eye. Is that right? Back so you can't see it. Besides that, you have a something in your side that's a growth. Is that right? Cause you to be extremely nervous, which is what they call fatty humor. Do you believe God will heal? Come here to see. Don't doubt. Have faith. Mother, I have a mother at home tonight. Perhaps by your age. If anybody was going to pray for her, excuse me your fix, I won't be really sincere. I'll be just as sincere as I can be to ask God. And the people's will also. Well now, if that is the truth, whatever was told you. 
If that is the truth, then there's some supernatural way here that's known about that. No, it isn't. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I ask for divine mercy for our sister. And I pray that your mercies will be upon her, that she'll be healed. Grant it, Lord. May thy spirit move all this power of Satan that's upon her and make her well. I rebuke the evil things of her body according to thy word in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, sister. May it be gone from you. You believe it is gone? God bless you. Now that's the feeling that That was the life of that growth that went from you. That's true. Sensation. Knew that. That's when it's not. Now, if you just keep believing, then you'll not be bothered with it anymore. God bless you. Let us hear from you. Now, be, be in faith. Be believing. Don't doubt. Now, every person in this building at this time should have faith in God. How many out there would like to be healed that doesn't have prayer cards or nothing say, God be merciful to me, I want to be healed. Raise your hands anywhere. Just so I can see where you Now that's 90% of the audience out there are without cards. Not to come up here, but I'll challenge you this away. As God's servant, if you look this away and pray and say, God, I believe what the man said is the truth, God will reward you for that and will make you well. I'm only trying to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you do that? Excuse me, I was watching something taking place over there and I, I was... You won't have to pray anymore, little white-headed lady sitting there with sinus that's not back there if you just had faith in. That's what I was watching, lady. The angel of the Lord was standing by you there. You were conscious of that. You were praying. Wasn't that right? Now, God has made you well. Go and rejoice and be happy. Perhaps maybe you and I have talked just a while. We're strangers, are we? I don't know nothing about you, never seen you. We're total, perfect strangers. Never seen you. But God knows you. He's fed you all the days of your life, all that you ever had and gave you. I have faith in you. You're a mother, aren't you? You believe me to be God's prophet? I believe that. You're a Christian, too. You have three children. And you suffer with a tumor. A thyroid tumor. Several doctors have examined it. Is that right? Is that the truth? 
give you up. Say that if you didn't have an operation right away, you're just going to die. You drove here in a car, didn't you? You come from Maysville, Kentucky. Isn't your name Drake? I see the doctor when he pulled it out of that sheet out there and looked at it. And uh, is your first name Mabel or something like that? Isn't that right? Is that true if you just raise up your hands? I've never seen you in my life. But I've seen that heavy set doctor that's working with you pull your card out of the file this time look at it. Go on on your way and rejoice. May God make you well. Let's say thanks be to our Lord Jesus Christ. Please now, don't doubt. Every person ought to believe now. Just have faith in God. God bless you, and may the Lord Jesus grant this blessing. You are a woman which has had an operation, and the operation has been on the gallbladder and it won't heal. Is that right? If it is, raise your hand. I wasn't reading your mind. It's a vision. It was showed right here. I've seen the operation performed when they went in and stuffed the gallbladder. Our Heavenly Father, bless our sister, and may she go from here tonight and be perfectly whole. I ask this blessing in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, sister. It'll heal. Don't worry. If he knows what was, he surely knows what will be. Is that right? You're going to get well, so don't worry. God bless you. Have faith in God. Everyone should believe. You've been suffering with this extreme nervousness telling the other little ladies the black coat on heaven, you lady. Is that right? You were you just get so nervous you can't hardly hold yourself together, and that's especially in the evening when the sun is setting, you get real nervous. Isn't that right? If it is, hold your hand. The other day when you were looking out the window, that real gloomy feeling come over you. Isn't that the truth? Stand up, Jesus Christ has made you well now. You can go home and be well. God bless you. Your faith has made you whole. Have faith in God. This little lady sitting on the empty scarf around her neck suffers with a heart trouble, too. If she could just want to, she could be made well if she just had faith and believed. Lay your hand over on her, Dad, there, and put your hand over. Man, there's a yellow trousers on. Put your hand over on the lady there while we have prayer. Our Father, we pray that you'll make her completely whole. May thy spirit help her, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. All right, bring the lady. I see the angel of the Lord standing right here, a circle of fire, a little pillar. I see it standing right here. There's something in it. It's coming. It's a man. He has a rupture. There's the man right there striking his head. Is that right, sir? You want to be made well of it? I've seen a gray-headed man with glasses on. Stand up to your feet and accept your healing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be made well. May the Lord grant your healing to you, my brother. Have faith in God. Lady, we are strangers. I don't know you, do I? 
at Vandalia, Illinois, you saw me. That's been several years ago. Remember the big campaign there? Remember the deaf and dumb boy who couldn't speak in here with a shoe cobbler or something other down there, and the next day they had the big spray in the paper about it? Made, yeah. Yes, ma'am. I had a letter from him here not long ago. Perfectly normal, yeah. You'd like to get over that stomach trouble, wouldn't you? Or the right us also. Isn't that true? You're a nervous person. You're always upset, which is called the peptic ulcer, which causes acid in your mouth and things. Isn't that true? If that's the truth, raise your hand. Now, what if I tell you that Jesus Christ has healed you? Will you believe it? Well, he has. Go rejoicing and thanks. Be thankful to God. He may well have faith. Don't doubt. Believe God. It's your simple, childlike faith that does the healing. I didn't heal the woman. Her faith rose up to a place where she could be healed. Just believing that's all you have to do. I pray in there. I've seen him come that way again. But dear Christian friends, it's a light. And I watch the light when it goes out. And the light stands there, and then it just materializes, and I see what's taking place. That's how I call that. I see the person. And it's God answering your prayer. Don't be suspicious. That's what the Bible says. Did Jesus Christ perceive their thoughts? Is that right? Well, if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever... Have faith in him. Believe him. God will bring it to pass. All right. Come, sir. What do you think about this? With all your heart? You believe that God healed that diabetes right now? You do? Well, God bless you. Go on your road. You won't have to have one more thing to be done about it. God be with you. Let's say thanks be to God, friends. Bring this. Had a funny feeling. I said diabetes about him, didn't you? Same thing. Just keep on walking, thanking God. It'll leave you. God bless you, sister. Just go. God grant this woman's healing. I pray, Father, that she'll go out of this building tonight a solid, well woman. For your glory in Jesus' name. But you wanted me to do. God bless you. All right, come, ladies. Isn't he wonderful? Who could doubt God? Someone challenged the Bible. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. How do you do, sister? There's just about 80% of that congregation got your trouble. You want me to show you? How many in this building suffers with nervous trouble, just a nervous condition? Raise up your hands all around everywhere. See? You ever want to be healed right now? Almighty God, be merciful. Seeing this dreary, weary spirit hanging around this woman and knows that it would take her and put her in an insane institution, make her put her head against the walls until she died, if he could do it. But God, we come now believing and know that he's got lots of support here tonight. And Father, we believe that you are all the support we need. 
And now in the name of Jesus Christ, may this nervous demon leave this woman and every person in here. In the name of Jesus Christ, come out from those people. God bless you. Look, it's been on you quite a while. Started in the menopause. You're about over now. You're going to be all right. Go on rejoice and thank God. You felt you had many things wrong, but that's the main trouble. Oh, how God could settle over this little audience right now and just sweep everybody out of here. You're crying, sir. I know what's wrong with you. I know you got an injured back. Is that right? Uh, but I'm waiting for him to heal you. I, anybody, I say the man's laying there crippled. Anybody knows it. But you had an injury. It's all, it hurt your back in there. And it's injured your back. I've seen the vision four or five times over you. But you're afraid you can't get well. Yes, you can. Stop thinking that. When he tells me, I'll tell you. But I can't tell, it, tell you until he... I've been watching you. I've seen you sitting here a while ago. I've seen your, your injury. seen what happened. But I, I can't say it until he tells me. Just let your faith rise on up. I believe you're going to be all right. Just have faith in God. God will grant it. Now you've got that spirit stirred. Right there now. Everybody reverend. Just as reverent as you can be to be in prayer. There's a, a line of dark chains coming from that man to that audience. Make God. Yes, it is. It's moving down on a woman. You're sitting right back in here. It's got a back injury, a bone injured in her back. Isn't that right, lady? Sitting right back there. You sitting there praying. You've got a back injury too in your back, haven't you? You looked up at me there. Say it. No, the lady back there. There's a chain running for you too. Is that right? God be with you. God bless you both and heal you. That boy sitting right out there at the, at the end of the road, he has a, something wrong with his back, too. Is that right, sir? Don't you have a stomach trouble also? Isn't that woman your neighbor? I see you looking across to one another talking from the fence. Is that right? God bless you both. You're healed right there. God Almighty has set you to soul Amen. Come, mister. God bless you, son. You want to get over that stomach trouble? Well, go on eat. God bless you. That man sitting right behind that boy is that boy's daddy. I see them both together at the same house. Isn't that right, sir? And you're sick and got a bladder trouble. Is that right? Isn't that his mother sitting next to him there? You're all in one same place. And that woman's got a rupture of heart trouble. Is that right? Lay your hands over on one another and be made well. In the name of Jesus Christ. Bobby's here to heal the sick. If you have faith and believe. Come, sir. Oh, my. By these hard trouble, you want to get well? Raise up your hand and say, thank you, Lord, for healing me. And may the Lord Jesus heal you now and make you well. Amen. Let's say thanks be to God. All right. Bring the name. Bow your head. Death spirit on a man. Almighty God, raised Jesus Christ from the dead, give us grace and glory and help. Bless this man who I bless in thy name, and may the spirit of the enemy leave this man in Jesus Christ's name I have said. Amen.
Satan, come out of me. such 
and with all my heart I ask you, God, don't let one person leave this building tonight without being healed. If I have found grace in your sight, and if we have found, all of us found grace in your sight, hear our prayers as you said we are confessing our faults one to the other and praying one for another that we may be healed. Oh God, look down through this audience. And my body's getting so weak. I pray, Father, with all my heart, that you will grant the power of Jesus Christ to move over this audience and to surge them just now. And may your servants in prayer rebuke every unclean spirit and every devil and every sickness and every